You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Joshua Hunter, the Public Benefits Specialist and VA Specialist at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we're talking about Camp Lejeune. You may have seen the commercials talking about compensation, but what does that actually mean? Uh, Joining me for the discussion is attorney and partner Chris Johnson. Chris works with me on all of our VA claims at the firm. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Well, thanks for being here. Happy to talk with you today. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on with Camp Lejeune. It's a buzzword, and I think some of our listeners need to have some clarification. So let's start off with, what is this Camp Lejeune controversy about? Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I I can speak with a little bit of authority on this, as I've actually spent time at Camp Lejeune. I I spent a couple months there uh, doing some training uh, many years ago now. Um, But for people who don't know, let's tell people what Camp Lejeune is. So Camp Lejeune is the biggest Marine Corps base on the East Coast. It is the home to the 2nd Marine Expeditionary Force, which is their their largest fighting unit. It's located in a little county called Onslow County near Jacksonville, North Carolina. And what happened was essentially this. They had eight different water treatment plants and two of them, and the two of them uh, that were listed, the... uh, were basically contaminated with something known as volatile organic compounds. And these came from cleaning solvents, degreasers, whatnot, that somehow got into the water table and into the water treatment plants. The two specific treatment plants were the Tarawa Terrace treatment plant and the Hadnot Point treatment plant. And so for the years between 1953 and 1987, service members, family members as service members, civilian workers on the base, and just visitors were exposed to these toxic substances. And so the Camp Lejeune Justice Act has basically come out and said for people who resided at, worked on, or visited Camp Lejeune for a cumulative total of 30 days or more between 1953 and 1987, that they could be at risk for these uh, potential injuries And it's basically giving them, it's opening up a path uh, to get a settlement and to be compensated for these injuries. So that's really the crux of what the Camp Lejeune controversy is. Okay. And I hear you talking about these particular conditions and the exposure causing problems. What are some of those ailments tied to this exposure at Camp Lejeune? So there's a, there's a laundry list. There's kind of a short list. The, the VA has out adult leukemia, aplastic anemia, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, liver cancer, multiple myeloma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's disease, But there are some other cancers that people believe, ovarian cancer, lung cancer, uh, esophageal cancer, cervical, breast, bladder, stomach cancer, 
Uh, and so they're looking at all of these renal toxicity, even birth defects and birth injuries, miscarriages and neurobehavioral effects. There is a laundry list of things that people can claim because these are exceedingly toxic substances and they kind of when ingested and I think in, in, you know, large amounts and that's why they have that at least 30-day time period because it, it, it needs to be a cumulative effect. Uh, but when done, they can really wreak havoc on someone's body. And so uh, there are a lot of people out there that were injured by these substances. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, you're talking about the compensation side of it. Does, does the VA offer any, or address that the healthcare needs of these people? Yeah, so they will look at uh, providing health care for people who are have been affected by these diseases. So there is a compensation side, there is a health side, uh, and they're they're trying to get it right. And the hard part is uh, when when they're doing these these kind of mass tort actions, which in reality is what this is. It's just very hard for them to get it right. And so what they're going to do is they're going to factor in a lot of different things on what plays into the compensation. So they're probably going to put together some type of point system that's going to take into account multiple factors, including the injuries suffered, what diagnosed conditions they had, how long, how much time they spent aboard the base, they're going to look at medical bills, lost income, pain and suffering, emotional damages, all of those things. And they're basically going to take a point system. And so the way you start going after something like this is really there's two tracks. So there's the traditional service-connected disability or service-connected compensation side that we do. And so what that is, is where people make a claim and say, hey, I had these exposures uh, and then what's going to happen is the VA is going to look at them and obviously there are some on the presumptive list and they're going to confirm that you were on Camp Lejeune, the time periods uh, in question, that you have some of the diseases. And then what they're going to do is they're going to rate you with a, uh, a service-connected disability compensation rating anywhere from 0% to 100%. And then you can get a monthly stipend. But there's also the tort side, which starts with a filing a Federal Tort Claim Act with the Department of Navy as required by federal law. And so right now, it is a one-page form. It is exceptionally easy to fill out. Um, and they have very detailed instructions on how to fill out each box. And they are actually specifically saying, when you file this initial claim, do not send us the accompanying uh, documentation. I know that seems odd, but there's going to be a little bit of back and forth. And so you file that initial form. And what that's going to do is it's going to commence, commence a six-month period where the Navy Judge Advocate General's Office is going to have the opportunity to accept or reject or in some cases possibly even ignore the claim. Uh, I've seen numbers that there are already over 5,000 claims in. And I've also seen that not a single claimant has been paid yet. Once that claim hasn't been acted on or been rejected uh, with by six months, then you have the opportunity to file suit for, in federal court in the Eastern District of North Carolina, uh, and then you are starting a federal lawsuit. And so really, there's kind of the three lanes, but it, to get into lane three, which is that federal lawsuit, you have to do lane two, which is file that Federal Tort Claims Act claim against the Department of the Navy. Yeah. Um, I've seen 
uh, significant ranges as far as estimated ranges for what they think some of these settlements will be. For cancers, I've seen on the low end, uh, you know, 150,000, 200,000, uh, up to about 700, 750,000. Uh, and then in Parkinson's claims, I've, I've, I've seen that Parkinson's claims could grow up to over a million dollars. And the, uh, and it really is going to come down to, uh, again, that complex point system, which I think the, uh, Department of the Navy is still implementing. I think they're getting these claims, trying to get some data points because it's hard. And I know those numbers sound large, um, but I will tell you, you know, having worked with people who have Parkinson's and whatnot, uh, I think they would gladly give up a million dollars or a million and a half dollar settlement to not have Parkinson's. It's a terrible disease. A lot of these cancers are terrible diseases. When you think about birth defects and miscarriages, there, there just aren't dollar amounts that you can put on these things that ever make people whole. These are real tragedies, and, and this is a, a large tragedy encompassing essentially almost three and a half decades. Uh, and so I would encourage people out there who have a claim or think they have a claim to file it as soon as possible. And the reason being is there is going to be a wave after wave of these when you're talking about 34 years of service members at Camp Lejeune and the numbers and the civilian workers and the family members that lived in family housing. Uh, you know, the estimate right now is that there's over a million people that likely are, are eligible to file a claim. And that is an overwhelming amount of paperwork. Uh, and so obviously you want to be in on the front end of that and, and get your claim in near the head of the line. Totally. That, that makes good sense. And from what you're saying, with so many people potentially affected, you know, who's eligible for payment and what's the criteria for that? So the, the eligibility really comes down to this. <clears throat> if you were a service member, if you were a family member of a service member, if you were a civilian employee or contractor, or even they actually say, even if you were just a visitor, if you can document that you had 30 days or more on Camp Lejeune exposed to these, basically then you, you they will accept that you were exposed to these substances. And if you meet that criteria, then the next thing they're looking at is, did you have an injury? So just because, I mean, you could have been at Camp Lejeune for 30 years if you don't have any cancers and are healthy. Well, there, there, there's no damages. There's no, there's nothing to claim because there's nothing wrong with you. And, and knock on wood, I hope that's the case for most people. Again, you know, I think sometimes people see these compensation cases and they, you know, they get frustrated. It's a lot of money and it, it, it seems like an imperfect system. And, and to some extent it is. These are very difficult to get right. But I, I can promise all of our listeners out there that the people who are getting compensated, no, you know, no matter what dollar amount they get, nothing really makes you whole after going through something like this. Being afflicted with Parkinson's is so terrible. Going through a, a whole cancer regimen um, having a child who suffered a, a birth defect or having a miscarriage, there aren't dollar amounts that can make that right or, or make that okay. And so the goal is is just trying to do their best. And I and I I truly believe the uh, Department of the Navy is trying to get these right. 
Um, and that's probably why they're going a little slow on the front end is they want to get the claims in, kind of get a general idea where they are so that they feel as though they're treating everyone fairly. Now, treating everyone fairly doesn't mean everyone gets the same compensation. They will likely put together a very complex point system that's going to take into account all manner of data points based upon diseases, like I said earlier, uh, the amount of time they spent there, even the severity of the disease. You know, when did the Parkinson's, what, you know, how old were you when the onset of the Parkinson's happened? So, you know, how, how long of your life are you going to deal with it? How severe was the cancer diagnosis? So, you know, the level of birth defect. These right. are very difficult things to measure, um, but they're going to put in a system in place and then they will likely, uh, will probably, I expect to see sometime here in 2023, some movement on the paying out of the initial claims. And when we see those first payouts, we'll start to see, okay, where things are at and people will get an idea if people are walking away satisfied or not. I think that makes good sense, right? Because it's got so much traction at this point. They're going to have to start moving on it before you're overwhelmed, I I would think. You know, they're going to start trying to do something. Absolutely. But man, that's that's a lot to think about and a lot of good information for our listeners uh, of course, if if they feel overwhelmed by what they they've heard, of course they can call and you know run things by us. But are there any final points or anything you would like to to sum up for today? Oh, Josh, I think you just said it, and I and I, I'm so glad you said it. And all I want to do is reiterate that if you're out there and you're unsure, you don't know. Absolutely. You just reach out to a professional. Our office can provide some guidance. Uh, obviously, you see lots of attorneys out there advertising on these things right now. Um, I think because they realize, hey, there are going to be a lot of claims and a lot of attorneys are going to be needed to shepherd people through this. Um, but we can certainly you know, look at your service records, look at uh, the diagnosis and give you an idea of, of what we think. Uh, is the right thing to do. There is always that VA service-connected disability side, and that has, uh, you know, the co- this Federal Tort Claims Act side, you're looking at lump sum payments and whatnot, and that's good, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the service-connected disability side, sometimes there are other things. There's going to be some survivor benefits, uh, and there's access to, like, uh, the VA, the state homes, the VA skilled nursing facilities that we have in the state of Tennessee. There's four of them. They're building two more. And if you have a disability rating above 70%, you have access to those. And in the long run, that can make a big difference in people's lives. And so it's not such a simple calculation as people might think. Um, and I think the right thing to do is sit down with someone who knows what they're talking about, can go through the granular details with you, and again, allow you to make, you know, you, the, the possible claimant, to make an informed decision. And the more information you have, the better the decision you will make. And I think most people feel better when they make a decision and they feel like, yes, I had some facts before me, I had some data points, I had good criteria. I feel better about the decision I'm making and basically which lane I'm going to choose. Yes. Well, well, thank you, Chris. That's a, that's a lot of good information. And I think our listeners are going to be in a better position than they were before listening. Right. And when you're trying to approach something like that, that's right. Uh, Of course, thanks for joining us today. And that's it for today's episode. Uh, Thank you for listening. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. 
Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.